The epistle for the fifth Sunday after Easter is taken from the epistle of St. James, the first chapter. Dearly beloved, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if a man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he shall be compared to a man beholding his own countenance in a glass. For he beheld himself and went his way and presently forgot what manner of man he was. But he that hath looked into the perfect law of liberty and hath continued therein, not becoming a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. And if any man think himself to be religious, not bridling his tongue, but deceiving his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Religion, clean and undefiled before God and the Father, is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their tribulation, and to keep oneself unspotted from this world. In the Holy Gospel. It's taken from the Gospel of St. John, the 16th chapter. At that time, Jesus saith to his disciples, Amen, amen, I say to you, if you ask the Father anything in my name, he will give it you. Hitherto you have not asked anything in my name. Ask, and you shall receive, that your joy may be full. These things I have spoken to you in Proverbs. The hour cometh when I will no more speak to you in Proverbs, but will show you plainly of the Father. In that day you shall ask in my name, And I say not to you that I will ask the Father for you, for the Father himself loveth you because you have loved me, and have believed that I am came out from God. I came forth from the Father and am come into the world. Again I leave the world and I go to the Father. His disciples say to him, Behold, now thou speakest plainly, and speakest no proverb. Now we know that thou knowest all things, and thou needest not that any man should ask thee. By this we believe that thou camest forth from God. Thus far the words of today's Holy Gospel. Hitherto you have not asked anything in my name. Ask, and you shall receive that your joy may be full. These words are taken from the gospel of today's Mass. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. About two centuries ago, Napoleon Bonaparte declared himself the supreme ruler of France. After this, Napoleon was pushing his armies to overrun more of Europe. It was at this time that a certain family, living in a secluded farmhouse, situated outside the town of Schleswig, was greatly alarmed about the approach of Napoleon's army. It was winter, and it was bitterly cold, and this Catholic family was completely isolated on their farm. They would be defenseless against the French troops and against the disorders of brutal and immoral soldiers. Thus, on hearing that the enemy was approaching the town, they were terrified. 
They had seen the sky colored crimson by the reflection of numerous fires marking the path of the hostile troops. And they could see that the fires were getting closer and closer. The family feared that before entering the town, the soldiers would make a raid on their farm, take the house as their own, lay hands on all they could, and finally drive out the family and set fire to their house, as they had done in many other instances. They could do nothing themselves to stop the troops, but there was one thing they could do. Throughout the night, the family prayed earnestly to God for his protection. The aged grandmother prayed without ceasing, and taking her prayer book, she devoutly recited the prayers for time of war. While saying these prayers, she earnestly prayed aloud these words, Build thou up a wall around us, that the enemy may not approach our home. When she had ended, the owner of the farm remarked that a wall might be asking much, but it was exactly what they needed. When the next day dawned, the family very quietly and carefully roused themselves awake. Cautiously peeking out the windows, they were astonished to find an extraordinarily high snowdrift surrounding their house. The wind had driven the snow and piled it up to such a height beside the road as to form a wall which hid the farmhouse from view. The family was amazed at the remarkable height of the snowdrift, while the grandmother smiled contentedly with a prayer book on her lap. Thus they had, defended, they had been defended from any violence or harassment on the part of the soldiers, who, during the hours of darkness, had marched right along the road past the house. Thus, God protected his servants. He had listened to their prayers, and especially to that of the grandmother who prayed with great confidence. Long before this, our Lord taught the apostles the importance of prayer. At the Last Supper, our Lord clearly foretold that he was leaving them. And so sorrow and fear began to weigh on their hearts. But our Lord consoled them by telling them three things. First, he said he would come back, referring to his resurrection. He said he would send the Holy Ghost, referring to Pentecost after his ascension. And finally, our Lord reminded them of a tool he was leaving them, whereby they could still have direct contact with him. It was then at the Last Supper, before leaving his apostles, that he gathered them around himself and told them, Ask and you shall receive, that your joy may be, may be full. Prayer is simply conversation with God. Adoring Him, 
telling we are sorry for our sins, thanking Him and asking for all that we might need. Now it is not only to obtain our wants and needs that we must pray, but we must pray in order to save our souls. The Baltimore Catechism teaches that prayer is necessary to salvation, and without it, no one having the use of reason can be saved. This means that anyone who wants to go to heaven must pray. If, knowingly, one neglects to pray, he cannot enter into paradise. After all, how can one hope to be invited and welcomed into God's eternal heavenly abode if he has never spoken to God or never met him in prayer? How often does someone invite a complete stranger into his home? In fact, our Lord said we ought always to pray. And and he said this because prayer is how we obtain all the things we need. By prayer, we obtain the graces to help us to practice virtue, to fight temptation. We pray for ourselves, our families, and reparation for our sins. We express to the Sacred Heart our gratitude, our compassion, and our love. And finally, by prayer, we petition favors and gifts of God. We pray for our loved ones, for the sick, for the conversion of sinners, and for the dead. But, my dear faithful, we must remember that the efficacy and the power of our prayer does not depend on our prayers consoling us or if we have tears. Nor is it necessarily about saying the longest prayer in our prayer books. The power of prayer, this tool which God has put into our hands, is really dependent on our will. That is, if we pray with love, with earnestness, and with true devotion. Thus, what is necessary for us, as one holy priest explains, is to strive to fulfill the conditions which are certain to bring a favorable answer to our prayers. These conditions are to pray reverently, perseveringly, and asking for something which is actually for our good. In other words, we must pray with attention and we must mean it. We must not give up on our prayers, even if it seems that we have not been heard. And we ought always to pray with the condition that whatever God sees is best. God, who always desires the best for us, our true and actual good. And in these times, we need prayer. We have very many reasons to use this tool which God has given us. We must pray for ourselves, the salvation of our souls, for strength against temptations which assail us, and for help to be patient with our crosses and charitable to our neighbor. And our country needs our prayers too. The children need our prayers. The young are being subjected to 
and pressured with horrible moral disorders and filth. Safety is important to many, but moral safety should be all the more important. Thus, we need to pray for the moral safety of children, of our children, the innocent, those as young as kindergartners are being targeted today. And we should pray for the helpless, the born and the unborn. Like the family in the story, we and our families are in danger and are under attack. So we too need to run to God in prayer and beg him to build thou up a wall around us that the enemy may not reach our home. Therefore, my dear faithful, in every need or want, let us pray every day, pray unceasingly, and let us use especially the Holy Rosary of our Blessed Mother. Our Lady is our refuge. She is the comfort of the afflicted and the help of Christians. And her Holy Rosary is the most powerful prayer we can use after the Mass. Let us implore our Blessed Mother with a prayer she loves so dearly. May we never forget that God loves us more than anyone on this earth, and he looks out for our welfare more than we realize. In all our needs, then, let us follow the advice of St. Margaret Mary, the Apostle of the Sacred Heart. She says, Are you in an abyss of poverty? Throw yourself into the abyss of abundance of the Sacred Heart. It will enrich you. Are you in trouble and anxiety? Cast yourself into the abyss of peace of that adorable heart. Are you in an abyss of fear? Leap into the abyss of confidence in the Sacred Heart. No matter what our need or trouble, my dear faithful, go to the Sacred Heart in prayer. That is what he wants, and that is how we will obtain it. For he says to us, Ask, and you shall receive. God bless you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.